Hello, family and friends. I'm honored today to have with me my good new friend, Ube Unatewu. Did I get that pretty close? Close enough. Close, close enough. enough. Ube Unatewu. Yeah, that was, yeah. Yeah, I was about yeah. 70% of the way. That's, hey, that's okay. It, it takes practice. But excited as Ubi is originally from Nigeria, and he reminds me of me a little bit because he had to find a wife from Evansville, which is what my plan was, although I came from South Dakota the long route. But just, we have that in common, Ubi. I had to find a wife from Evansville and has three children uh, with his wife, Heather, and uh, just excited that you know, God makes these connections, Ubi you know, with relationships. And I know that God did that for us. And I'm, I'm so excited to, to share your testimony today. We're just going to pray and then we'll have you get started. Well, Father, I thank you that you're here with us, Father. Speak through us, Father, only what you have. And I thank you that we'll have ears to hear, Father, and that we'll be a doer of your word, Father. We'll take this message and use it and apply it to our lives, to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. But Ubi, I'm going to just let you get started and roll. Well, um, I'll just go ahead and I'm going to try and keep it short, but I'll start from the okay. beginning. I'm born in Washington, D.C. Uh, my parents had actually come to the States to school. So uh, after they graduated, they had the choice of either remaining here in the States or going back to Nigeria, and they chose to actually go back to Nigeria. Okay. My older brother and I were born here, but, you know, we went back with them. And I came back to the States about, uh, let's see here, my goodness, 23 years ago. I lived in Atlanta uh, for a few years, then moved to Washington, D.C., eventually ended up in Evansville. And how old were you when you came back? I was 19. Okay, I'd thank you. I'd to say 1920, thereabout. But yeah, so I moved, I moved from Washington, D.C. to Evansville, Indiana, to attend a ministry and discipleship school called Master's Commission. I did that for three years and eventually was... Um, after, th- after I graduated, was uh, asked to take the position of assistant director of the school, which I did for about six years, and eventually was asked to take the position of the director of the school, which I did for just a very, um, a very short time. Then in uh, 2013, um, the church the school was under went through a transition, so uh, the school closed, and at that time, God led me to start a ministry called Learners of Christ the King United. For short, it's called uh, Lock United. You can find us, you know, our website is lockunited.org, or you can find us on Facebook, Lock United, or uh, Learners of Christ the King United. Our mission is twofold. It's basically to nurture the unity of the body of Christ in truth and discipleship. So our focus is basically just, you know, training Christians to grow in the faith and, you know, fostering and encouraging the unity of the body of Christ. So um, wherever there is, you know, in whatever areas the church is facing disunity or there's a potential for disunity, we create what we call safe spiritual spaces to address these issues and come up with solutions that we can apply. So, it, you know, we don't just set up events or workshops or seminars to just, just for the sake of conversation. You know, it's always with a view to coming up with some kind of a solution. A lot of that, you know, you know, it's in, let's see, I think it was in 2013 when God called me um, to start Locke. But it's it's interesting because I look back, you know, you know how you can, you look at your life and you can see God working some really mm-hmm. interesting things. So I look back to even when I was a kid, I grew up in a nominal Catholic family, okay. you know. Um, never, you know, I, you know, and uh, at that time I lived in a city, we lived in a city called Calabar. Calabar is in a, located in South, South Nigeria, pretty close to the Atlantic. And this was in, you know, the 80s, 
it felt like there was, you know, when I look back, there was definitely a revival in Nigeria at that time. There was there was no shortage of the gospel, especially in southern Nigeria. So, you know, I heard the gospel over and over and over again. But um, when I'd grown up Catholic, you know, I'd gone to, a, you know, I think when I was probably about nine years old, I'd started attending catechism classes, probably mm-hmm. younger than nine, started attending catechism classes. And I remember that one of the very first things I was taught in catechism, you know, for those for those who are not familiar with catechism classes, it's kind of like a teach, it's almost like um, just real early discipleship, you know, an early discipleship format for 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 young kids, you know, that's used in the Catholic Church mm-hmm. and also mo- uh, mainline Protestant denominations. But the idea is, you come up with a question, you give the kid the answer. The kid memorizes both the question and the answer, and then they recite it back. And then you start having conversations around, you know, those it, those topics. So take for example, I remember in catechism, one of the very first questions. The very first question was, "Who made you?" And the answer was very simple: "God made me." The second question was, why did God make you? And the answer was, God made me to love him, to worship him, and to be with him forever. Okay. That was something similar. So fast forward almost, what, over 30 years later, I still remember that. You know, so it's just just a really effective way of teaching the truths of Scripture or the doctrines of your church, you know, in Mm -hmm. this case. But I remember coming out from that very first class, someone, you know, you know, and just, you know, I guess maybe just a, a kid's mind. But the thought that went through my head was, if God made me, who made God? You know, so I asked some of my colleagues that, you know, some of my friends, we, you know, we're leaving that. Then they're like, whatever. We, that's a crazy question. I get home and I ask my mom and, you know, my mom's like, Ubi, that's just, you know, you just have to accept, you know, that's just not the kind of question you ask. I was like, well, I, I, there's got to be an answer. So, you know, so in our home in Nigeria, my, we had, you know, we had a library in our house. So I was like, okay, well, my friends don't know the answer. Mom's just telling me I have to accept the answer. And I say, well, you know what? I'm going to go and read the books in the library. I'm sure I can find an answer there. So uh, probably at the age of eight, nine, I'm reading Plato and Aristotle, you know, the, uh, the, the Republic, and I'm reading Freud even, you know, just some really intense up there stuff. Um, and the tribute, so, you know, I was a kid, I probably 95% of what I read, I didn't comprehend. But the one thing I came away with, you know, reading those books was if something does not add up, if it doesn't make intellectual, logical sense, it's not true. I mean, that has guided me for all of my life, the idea of, the idea that, Things make sense. Things neatly line up. They make sense. Um, even now, that still guides me. So yeah. So I. So you know. I, fr- I came away from that thinking. Well, this Christianity thing doesn't neatly line up. It doesn't really make sense. So it can be true. This gospel thing can make sense. So it can be th- true. And I remember, you know, hearing the gospel. Like I said, there was a revival in Calabar at that time. I remember hearing the gospel repeatedly over and over again about this God who loves me so much that he sent his son to die for me. And I remember thinking, man, I love this story. Just, you know, it hits my heart, the idea that a God loved me this much to die for me. But I was like, I have way too many questions. There are too many things that don't add up. I can't accept it. I was like, I cannot give my heart to a God who doesn't appeal to my mind or whose story doesn't seem to make logical sense. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, so, so so this idea of um, or this concept of if things don't make sense, then they can be true, like, you know, has, has guided me for the better part of my life. And what's really cool when I look to Scripture now is that I see Scripture confirm that. You know, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ is very clear. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all 
your mind, yeah. right? So God doesn't just want my heart. He doesn't just want my energy. He want He wants me to actually think clearly. Yeah. Um, you know, the wisest man before Christ in all the world, Solomon, he received that deep, yes, rich, yeah. abundant wisdom from God. So, I, I, you know, I think that's just really, um, really, and and you know, it's it's that awe that compels me. Um, that compels me in prayer. That compels that compels me in study. That compels me in how I live. You know, in how I live my life. So just you know, just with that with that thought of the fact that we that we serve a God who doesn't just want a compartment of our lives, who doesn't just want one aspect of our life. He wants every facet of our lives. Yeah. You know, um, with that thought, I'll go ahead and you know, I, I'd like to go ahead and pray to this great God. Amen. Daddy, I thank you so much. For those that are listening, that he, uh, different people from all over the world going through different things. And Father, you know exactly where they are. You know their exact experience. Daddy, you know their address. And you're more than willing and available to meet them and bless them with the revelation of Jesus Christ. For those who know Jesus, I pray, Daddy, that you would draw them deeper into him, that their lives would be full of him for those who do not know jesus christ lord i pray that in your sovereignty in your good mercy father that either you would turn their hearts to him that you would open their eyes to see his glory and to believe that they might come into relationship with you lord i thank you for this wonderful christmas season that we're in grant us father to rejoice in your love in jesus name amen Amen. We'll be looking forward to carrying that on tomorrow. And folks, if you want to contact our ministry, you can do so at celebratejesusministry at gmail.com or by phone at 812-449-8147. We love you all. Please go talk to someone about Jesus today. And remember, Jesus thought about you on the cross at Calvary. Amen.